0: Welcome to the Gospel Gazing Podcast. My name is Wilson Van Hooser. We're so glad you're with us today. We have Scott Davis, who's with us, and uh, I'll get him to to tell us about himself here in just a second, but we are really excited to have Scott on for another episode of the Gospel Gazing Podcast. And basically, if you're new to this podcast, uh, it's a super local podcast, so we keep it casual. And we like to ask a lot of questions about what does it look like to grow in our knowledge of the gospel and how we live in light of the gospel. And today we're talking about, talking with Scott uh, about a really central aspect of uh, the gospel, which is the forgiveness of sins, and in particular, uh, how that happens, how we experience that in the corporate worship setting. So before we get to that, Scott, tell us about yourself, tell us about marriage and family, where you're at what you're doing and all that sure
1: thanks so much thanks for having me wilson i'm glad to be uh visiting with your folks um uh, my name is scott davis i live in hot springs arkansas i'm a teaching elder in covenant presbytery um which is uh, most of Arkansas and then northern part of Mississippi and western part of Tennessee. a it's an enormously large Presbytery. Uh, I've been the pastor here at Hope Presbyterian Church since 2016. I'm married to my lovely wife, Leanne. She and I have five kids at last count. Um, and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're we're five in, in total, but uh, uh, and uh, just uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you a little bit today. You, you uh, uh, we're talking about the assurance of pardon in the liturgy, and if there's any doubt as to whether or not I'm kind of a big fan of that yeah. part of the of our liturgy, I host a podcast with another PCA pastor called, uh, assurance of pardon, uh, that we've been doing for about uh, two or three years. Now we've got uh, about a hundred episodes and it's been, uh, it's been really, really fun. And so I'm, I am like you, I am a, a PCA pastor who has a podcast that is, yeah. goes far and wide, but is, is of, of hopefully of greatest utility for the folks that, that I shepherd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know your podcast ever since, uh, Gosh, I forget when we first started talking, but then you you had told me about what you were doing. I found it just so encouraging through the, I guess probably over a year now of of listening to it. And um, and I've sent episodes to our people and and it's fun. It's fun doing this avenue, even though it's smaller. And obviously the PCA, we like to say we're a grassroots denomination. And uh and essentially that's what we're doing, just through this yeah. avenue of technology. So um, and your church, t- tell us a little bit more about your church. Sure. We're,
1: um, a, a church that was planted in the mid nineties, uh, here in hot springs, Arkansas, hot springs, Arkansas, um, our, our Oklahoma friends will know is a, is a resort town so we get a lot of presbyterian tourists in during the summer mm. uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's uh, I, I won't lie when you're when you're when the church is small and it's growing and you're wanting more families to come and it's sunday morning and you see a minivan pull into the parking lot and a mom dad and a bunch of kids come barreling out up the sidewalk you're like yay a new family yeah and you're like hey welcome you live here in hot springs they're like nah we're from tulsa and you're like, oh. <laughs> enjoy yeah. the worship yeah. go get some coffee and, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> so we're glad you're here but I mean we wish you lived here but anyways, yeah yeah like- I say to every every because PCA folks are great about going on going to church when they go on vacation, yeah, which is a good thing. So as I shake, I I do what most guys do. I do the benediction. I stand by the sanctuary doors and shake everybody's hand as they leave. And if they don't live here, I say thank you for coming. I hope everybody made you feel welcome, and let me know when you want to move to Hot
0: Springs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's how we're slipping a fifty dollar bill or something on the way. Taking over the PCA Um, one 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 church at a time. <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on here and uh obviously, you and I've had many uh personal conversations about the gospel and ministry and uh and 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 even things like the assurance of pardon and which has been so formative for me personally so we we were talking before this, uh, th- this is uh, in a lot of ways a very selfish episode of me, but I know <laughs> several of our people will really enjoy this topic. And uh, and really, before we get into what happens in worship when, when there is the confession of sin and assurance of pardon, really, we need to take a, a step back and just talk about the importance of corporate worship just in the yeah. life of the Christian. So can you tell us about why corporate worship is so important yeah that's a great question and it's a great question because uh, unfortunately
1: and i don't know if it's because of christian broadcasting or christian publishing or whatever um ha- at the, at the the internet uh it's so easy to take in christian type content like a podcast yeah, like yeah. like watching youtube videos and things like that and and uh, as a result so it's 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 as hard. It's as problematic as it's ever been because because a person can can consider themselves to be a a serious student of the Bible, a serious Christian who loves Jesus, and feel completely at ease omitting themselves from the corporate gathering of worship, um, and because the the there's so many places i can get you know like so this i don't know what this conversation looked like in the in the 1700s but now you've got guys that listen oh i listen to sinclair ferguson's sermons on 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 the internet every day and i just and and so you get a lot of things and this is predominantly huge in the bible belt where you Mm. uh where you have a lot of guys who say you know uh, uh, uh my bible G- I got jesus and i got my bible that's all i need and i will often say well if you read that bible what you what that bible will tell you is that the is that that's not all that you've been given you've also been given a local congregation of believers so you can't very good you yeah. can't make sense of the new testament um apart from a local gathering of, of believers yeah a- and i'll say this the other thing that i have people do is you have people sometimes you'll have somebody in the community maybe they're the maybe they're that you've made a contact with a bank teller or someplace somebody that you know and they know you're a pastor and they will ask you for some biblical counseling and uh for some counseling they'll ask you for counseling and you for maybe for their marriage and i say um well thanks for asking I appreciate that uh why are you asking me and they will yeah. always say "Well because we know you're a pastor I'm like okay yeah well uh, that's true uh i'm I'm a pastor of a local church and as such I don't have any counsel that is churchless I don't have any counsel that go that begins step with it. step one separate yourself from a connection to a body of believers and elders who you have who you have uh committed to be under their oversight there's no there's no pastoral council that's churchless. I'm not saying if you have the yeah. church, yeah. you don't need anything else. But I'm saying that you ha- you do need that. That is that is the starting point. So yes. you you might need more than church,
0: but you don't need less than church. Luther used to tell people that so often, and uh, and I believe it was Bob Kellerman uh, in his mm-hmm. book on Luther counseling under the cross. Yep. I, I believe it was there. Maybe not, but. Luther, yeah, he used to tell people when they would come ask him for counseling that very same thing. Like, are you regularly attending worship? Because yeah. if you're not, let's start there. Yep, yeah, that's right. So key. Yeah. So why so why is it that worship, the act of worship, especially in the context, not not merely privately, but as you've been mentioning so well mm-hmm. publicly with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Why is that so important in the life of the Christian? Well,
1: and let's let's back up and define worship like yeah, that'd be good. like reform like reformed people. Um, and not in the sort of the contemporary yes. way where we might Good. say that worship is the first 30 minutes of the service. And then yeah. after that, maybe you sit through a sermon yeah. that you have to, you know, but, but first we do some worship and then we'll have then we'll have a sermon. And then we might have the Lord's Supper and we might do some yeah. other things. But worship is the is where I'm standing and I'm singing and there yeah. might be other things we do. And the, that's completely false. The, the, the yeah. entire the entire thing that we're doing when we gather is worship. I, I I was asked by a church in another denomination to preach a revival at, at their church, uh, which is not something you usually ask a Presbyterian to do, but yeah. I was happy to do it. And they said they said, um We only want you to do like a fifteen minute sermon, and I was like, "Oh!" And they're like, "Well, because our because our church, we're really we like to spend the bulk of our time worshiping." And I thought, "What in the (laughs) world are you thinking that when the people of God are gathered in the house of God, that sitting under the teaching and preaching of His Word is not first and foremost worship." Yeah. Whereby, whereby we are through our uh, through our attitude and our and our our open hearts and minds being uh, submitting ourselves to the to the scriptures being open to us and and being brought to bear on us. How is that not thoroughly worshipful? How is that not yes. just worship in the first order? Um, so. What we see in, uh, we, you know, in, in the PCA, in the Reformed tradition, we, we talk about the regulative principle of worship, and the opposite of the regulative principle would be the normative principle, and that's, those are seminary words, but um, one way to say it is the regulative principle says we don't do anything in our corporate gathering that we don't see depicted in the pages of scripture. Uh, the the that's uh, everything is a red light unless Scripture gives you a green light is one yes, way you might
0: say. great example um,
1: the normative principle says we can do anything we want to unless Scripture specifically mm-hmm. says don't do that which is. You know, I, we we reformed types would argue, well, that's how you end up with a water slide into the baptistry and yep, yep, uh yep. and a and a fog machine and a bunch of silliness. Yeah. Because you go, well, the, the Bible doesn't say we can't have a yeah. fog machine, so we may yeah. as well. Um and so um which is uh, sounds almost like a child saying when their parent says, Why did you, you know, why did you rub yeah. me well, all over not do or, it right yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so it's it's just absurd well sh- so the the regular principle says we only do things in worship that we see depicted in the new testament and, and to give you uh, maybe sometimes folks in the bible belt like you and i are can understand the regular principle is there is a. Uh, What I would call an overcooked regulative principle that our Church of Christ friends use, where they say, We don't see musical instruments in the New Testament, so we'll have an a cappella worship service. And so their regulative principle is really, really tightened in to just the New Testament. And so mm-hmm. I would contend that's a regulative principle, but it's a it's an overcooked, overinterpreted, overapplied, yes. narrow yeah. version of the regulative principle. So anyway, those are just, I just want to kind of throw a few things out there on the that's table great. of that worship is not just the singing, worship is not just the praying, worship is the gathering, worship is the is the fellowship, worship is is sitting under the preached word, and worship yeah. is the sacraments. Yeah. And, and why do we why do we need that corporately um we don't have a we don't have a context in the New Testament for really anything that's not corporate. All the letters, all of Paul's letters are written to congregations, uh, with the exception of, of say, Timothy, for example. But, I mean, to the Church of Philippi, to the Church of Corinth, and Rome, and Colossae, and, and so on and so forth. So, they're all written to congregations. Paul, in his letters, is with the rare exceptions of the times when he says to Syntyche and, and uh, where he it addresses a particular person, but otherwise he's talking to a congregation. Husbands, yeah. love your wives. Wives, uh, honor your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Slaves, masters, rich, poor. He's addressing the entire group corporately and sometimes groups within the group, but it's all corporate. Another yeah. Another corporate example is when Jesus when people when 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 jesus teaches how to pray and he gives yeah. the lord's prayer he doesn't give an individual prayer he gives a corporate prayer uh, our father that's mm. that's a plural pronoun who art and have give us this day our daily bread us and our forgive us our trespasses Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil that's an entirely corporate prayer yeah. so when when we have folks come into our context, um, and you know, I'm, I'm in Arkansas. Everybody at some point was Baptist. Um, yeah,
0: the same same here. So so every
1: all of these things like a a, a corporate re- recipe, you know, where we're doing a responsive reading and the whole congregation is reading it out loud. Um, yeah, the, co- the pushback you'll hear is like, this is really weird. And yeah. I'm like, have you read the Psalms? Like, it's got yeah. The, yeah. the choir master says this, the congregation says that. Like, this is thoroughly biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, but why the corporate confession of sin well because that's what's in the bible that's that's just what's in the bible and the other reason for because uh, i'll tell our people you may say why corporate confession of sin i sinned all by myself not with this person sitting next to me that i don't know Mm. why corporate confession of sin and the answer is well because this is corporate worship this is this is we're in we're in a corporate worship gathering you and so we're, we're same reason you're singing next to this person um, same yeah. same reason. Oh, that's a great example. Bread. Yes, right. Where it's corporate singing. It's it's we're all taking the Lord's broken body and shed blood. We're all gathered here together. We are a congregation who is in the biz, who is congregating. That is, we've, we're we're together, and yeah. so we see. So anyway, so I I I can go on and on and on. But I mean, it doesn't. It takes about thirty seconds of explanation to explain. Why all of these corporate things? Because it's Bibble gold, and that's what we're doing right now. We're not—you're not in your prayer closet.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think that is so key. And and we could, we could. It it might be worth it one episode to really get into the encouragements of what happens when you are with your brothers and sisters, and you're all confessing your sins, and you're all Mm -hmm. receiving as believers the assurance of pardon. To be encouraged by that is part of it. Uh, That's right. So anyway, but I think as we get closer to thinking about the assurance of pardon, it is helpful. Can you just give us a simple explanation of what is sin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'll
1: go with I'll go simpler than the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I'll go the Children's Catechism. There you go. Sin is, yes. Sin is any thought, word or deed that breaks God's law by omission or commission. And that is by sin sin is by doing things which God has commanded you not to do or failing or refusing to do things that God has told you to do. So, commission and omission. Um that's
0: that's what sin is. So when we're confessing our sin, what, what, what I hear you saying is that we don't need to merely say, Lord, I did this that you told me not to do. You know, I mm-hmm. stole, you know, I, I don't know why I'm thinking about the cookie jar, maybe because I have a sweet sure. tooth right now. Uh, I took the cookie that I was not supposed to take. Yeah, It's not merely confessing sins of commission, but we also need to confess sins of omission.
1: Yeah, I have not loved my I have not loved you, Lord, with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. And I've not loved my neighbor as myself. Yeah. Um, So I'll kind of let me kind of just walk through what I when I set it up. Yeah, that'd be great. And I do. I'm I'm. I I didn't grow up Presbyterian, and uh, as such, I learned to love the liturgy, but I also learned that this liturgy needs to be unpacked and explained, and you shouldn't just do it like a a checklist, like you walk up and go, here's the call to worship, or you walk up and go, now hear this like it need you need color commentary in the middle of it you need the announcement it's and the explanation of, of what it is uh, i thought that since you're a football guy i thought i'd there share you
0: it with it. you. there
1: you so, go so 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 what i will do is i will say uh, so an example of what i might say is um one of the reasons that we would fail to confess our sin is out of a fear for how uh, the, what the response would be. So, for example, mm-hmm. when I was a kid and I would knock a precious moments figurine off the shelf at my grandmother's house, I would pick it up and, I'd, and the head would break off. I'd pick it up, put it back on the shelf, and I would just set the head on top of it, hoping that the next time when grandma picked it up and she's dusting, she'd pick up the head. She'd think she broke it. Yeah. And 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 why do we hide our sin? We hide our sin out of a fear for what the response will be. Um, but as Christians, we need not hide our sin because we actually know what the response is. And the response is actually, first of all, the response is 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 more wrathful than we think it would be. Yeah. Uh, and it has already been satisfied by Jesus. Amen. The, because we believe that the punishment that this sin that I committed today— has already fallen on christ because i i know that and trust that i can then instead of hiding my sin i can do as the writer to the hebrews says i can come boldly to the throne of grace confessing Mm -hmm. my sin out of not 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 out of some sort of brazen uh, um um cavalier attitude but confessing it because i i trust that that on the cross god made him who knew no sin to be sin mm-hmm. so that in him i may have the righteousness of god that 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 jesus was that the record of death that stood against me with its legal demands was nailed to the cross um yeah. that 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 is my sins have been nailed to the cross and therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus so i can confess my sins with great boldness and not hide them like our first parents did they hid they hid from from god but i can confess them boldly out of the confidence of the of the cross and the resurrection
0: yes well man this is so good and i think it is such a good reminder that uh we are often still as christians even though we do the confession of sin and assurance of pardon every week. Mm-hmm. We still struggle with doing this, and yeah. we still are tempted to put on the mask and yeah, dress right. the part. And it really is, it's catechizing us every single week to say, yeah, this is the ways in which uh, I've sinned, but this is also who my God is and His invitation. Um. Uh, you know I, and
1: and that's that's yeah. why and that is why it's weekly is that's why yes. that's why the that's why the liturgy teaches me um at a real uh, at a real n- repetitive level yeah. um uh that it, it, that We don't want to sin, but if we do sin, we have an advocate, and that He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that, so that when I sin, instead of just wallowing in despair, I can keep short accounts with God, and I can confess that sin and receive the receive the with the confidence of my of my assurance of my pardon and my absolution. To use to use Calvin's words, uh, um, um, because of the gospel.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what's so great is typically where churches put the uh, confession of sin and assurance of pardon, it tends to be more upfront. And what's so beautiful about that is you're preaching the gospel to your people even before you preach the gospel. Yes, yes. You're, before we get up to formally preach, the gospel's already been proclaimed right yes. then and there. And that's huge. I, I, I make it my goal
1: that the Gospel is in the corporate confession of sin, it's in the assurance of pardon it's in the it's in the sermon, it's in the administration of the Lord's table, which we do yeah. every single week, um and that all of our songs are proclaiming the gospel as well.
0: yeah, that's so key now y- you and I have the privilege as pastors, as teaching elders to lead our people. Uh, to the throne of grace to uh, lead in the confession of sin. So when there's the time of public confession, where we all go through the liturgy together, then there's a time of private, silent confession. Yes, yes. Uh, What in the world... Is the pastor doing during that time? Is he just waiting for his people to finish up <laughs> confessing their sins?
1: Yeah, hurry up and get these sins confessed because yeah. <laughs> we need to move on to the next thing. Well, I, I'm. I, I will. I will say what I just said before about we we confess our sins most, of, and then I'll say so. We're going to pray aloud together this corporate confession of sin, and then we'll have a few moments of silent confession. So we we pray one of the many I'm sure you have as well a written out corporate yeah. confession of sin and we've got a handful of them that we that we rotate through and i'm always writing new ones or finding new ones elsewhere uh to it and then um after we read that we have a few moments of silent confession for i don't know how long it lasts 30 seconds or something yeah. a minute um and then I and then and and in that time I'm I'm confessing my own sins as well because I'm yeah. I have I, I have work to do as well I'm I'm Ooh. the 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 priest before he went into the holy of holies he also yeah. had to experience a ceremonial washing before he could yeah. I also need to confess my sins yeah. um, and so uh, I'm confessing my sins hmm. um, but then I will I will close out that. That silent period by saying, "Father in heaven, we come before you today, confessing that we've sinned against you and what we have done and what we have left undone. We've not loved with oh, all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have looked with lust and been adulterers at heart. We've hated our brother, or sister, and been murderers. We have we have taken your name in vain. And we confess that if you were to give us what our sins deserve, we would receive your just wrath, your just displeasure. Uh, we would receive an eternity in hell because our sins are that great and your holiness." is that great Uh, but we also come before you this morning confessing both corporately and in the silence of our silent confession that not only have we sinned but that we believe that the punishment that those sins deserve fell on jesus that you made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we may have the righteousness of god so father would you be pleased to hear these sins that we've confessed corporately and individually would you be pleased to hear them uh, and forgive them on account of Christ, not account, of, not on account of any piety or merit that we could trade yes, in, yes. but on account of Jesus. Forgive it for His sake. Uh, give us victory over those these sins that we struggle mm. with over and over um, and help us to keep short accounts um, mm. and and uh, convince our weary hearts this morning that the forgiveness we have is real. It doesn't fall away or fade away. And it's not kept secure by our feeble hold on you, but by your strong hold on us. So uh, uh, and that's
0: man. That's the gospel. Like that's, that's it, the gospel, I yeah.
1: Did. That's that's the that's the gospel. Yes. That's the gospel in a in, in that. And so you're teaching, you're teaching your people how to pray. You're teaching your people why corporate worship is so important. You're teaching people a pattern of the Christian life. Is is that we're called to worship? Is that we confess our sins? That we re- we receive the reminder of His pardon. We 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 submit to sitting under His word to be to be taught to be humbled by it, to be driven to the cross, uh, that the law like a schoolmaster would drive us to the cross, yeah. and, to, and to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper.
0: Well, and one thing that I think is really key in today's world is we are often only focused on the things that harm us, and this creeps into uh, Christianity, even Reformed churches, because while sin is harmful to us, we often only, at least today, stop there. We only think about how sin harms us. But in the confession of sin, we're first and foremost saying, we've offended your glory. You're, yeah, right. like We're being redirected from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you put so beautifully there. And, it, it it's catechizing us in that moment to say, man, the biggest problem, even before it harms just me, which it does. I mean, dramatically, it harms me. Yeah. But The biggest thing is, I am an enemy of God without Christ. That's right. And yeah, it, and I love just your your God centeredness there. It gets us out mm-hmm. of ourselves to see Him. Yeah.
1: Out of our navel, out of our navel gazing, yes. and on onto the, onto our our Savior. Yeah.
0: And now now we come to the richness of, of the heart of what we were going to get at is yeah. the assurance of pardon. Yes. Can you yes. just tell us what, what is the assurance of pardon and then maybe even some other terms by which we know it or how it's been talked about in church history?
1: Yeah um our our Lutheran friends call it an absolution um yeah. Roman Catholics call it an absolution we 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 would distance ourselves from from Catholicism yeah. for a host of reasons um, but the assurance of pardon, whether you call it the assurance of pardon or the absolution is is typically in most Presbyterian and Reformed historic liturgies, is there's an assurance of pardon verse. Maybe it's, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, yeah. forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and so what the assurance of pardon does is it is the minister pointing the weary, repentant sinner to what the promises of Christ are, and calling them to, you have just confessed your sins. Now I'm calling you it also to trust the promises of God are true and real and for you and effectual because of the work of of, of Christ. So um, I I'm of I'm convinced that if if that if you have an entire corporate worship service and you never have a time for the people of God to corporately confess our sins and be reminded of Christ's forgiveness, then you've You've just left them in their weariness. You've just left them yes. in that. I, I think of uh, Steve Brown has the quote: "Have you ever shown up at church with the weight of the world on your shoulders, only to live leave with a, to, a to-do list?" Yeah. Um, yeah. And and what I I think that that the, um hopefully we ought to be putting so much weight on the uh, on on the what's happening when we corporately confess our sins and receive this reminder of god's forgiveness this yeah. um that we have to be putting so much weight on it that they look at sitting under the word differently they look at coming oh, to the yeah. Lord's table differently that they that they have um and um yeah i i i think that we we and so let me let me share with you um you uh, I'm skipping ahead. You would ask a weird time historical. So I will sometimes um I will sometimes use uh an an absolution written by either Martin Luther or John Calvin. So um just to kind of give you an idea of how yeah. historically reformed this idea is, here's uh this is from Calvin's Strasbourg. This is 1545. Let each of you truly acknowledge that he is a sinner humbling himself before god and believe that the heavenly father wills to mm. be gracious unto him in jesus christ to all that repent in this way and look to jesus christ for their salvation i declare that the absolution of sins is effected in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit according to god's word and then quoting the Bible, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So that's that's what that's from Calvin's liturgy. Uh, uh, yeah. Butzer would would quote First Timothy one and say this is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Bootser would say, let everyone with St. Paul acknowledge this in his heart and believe in Christ. Thus, in his name, I proclaim unto you the forgiveness of all your sins and declare you to be loosed of them on earth, that you be loosed of them also in heaven in eternity. Now, that language there, Wilson, of uh, "of loosed of them on earth, that you may be loosed of them in heaven, where where is that coming from? Well, that's, that is is the, the famous keys to the kingdom. Yes, good. Where where Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Yes. Uh, and and so who do people say that I am? Some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. Uh, who do you say that I am? And Peter yeah. answers it correctly. You are the Christ. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And then he goes on to say, and I will give you, and I, I believe he's giving this to the the to his ministers, to his to, yeah. to the leaders of the church i will give you the keys of the kingdom whatever you whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and and you go well what is that well it's the pre, it's the proclamation of the gospel it's mm-hmm. the proclamation that we have forgiveness in christ that all who repent in this way and look to christ for their salvation are forgiven um so there's one place that yes. i would say this is a this is a a place that jesus the the proclamation that all who repent of their sins and and trust in Christ are saved is the is the message that Jesus has entrusted to the church yes and so as church leaders that's what we do another one i would go to that we often kind of kind of go what is john chapter 20 this is when jesus walks in through the locked doors in the upper room jesus came and stood among them and said to them peace be with you when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you." Right? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're called to pronounce the forgiveness of sins, just as just as the Father sent Jesus to go, we now go a, a, in that same manner as he has sent us. Uh, and when and when he said this, he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." And then he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Mm. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So this is what this is what yes. we as ministers of the gospel are to do, is we are to we are to Call people to repentance and trust in Christ. Yeah. Give them the good news of forgiveness in Christ, and and yeah. So so there's just a few sort of scriptural and historical examples to help people get their head around. Yeah, uh, this, well, this so sort good. of weird I mean, practice.
0: Yeah, and it, it, I, I was looking this up as you said this. This matches so much with what our Book of Church Order and the Preliminary Principles uh, in in Section Seven. You know, it says all church power, whether exercised by the body in general or by representation, is only—and here's the two key words—ministerial and declarative. Uh, you know, Scott and Wilson are not forgiving your sins as if like the authority comes from us personally. It's the office. Mm-hmm. But we, but we, Scott and Wilson, have the privilege of the calling to step into the office to declare. The that's forgiveness right. of sins in Christ—that's a huge thing. And I think what's amazing is—and I've been trying to teach our people this—is like, um, and I believe it's Calvin who says this: as the as the minister proclaims the forgiveness of sins, you should believe that just as much as if Christ were bodily present right here, right now, proclaiming that to you, because that's how He has decided to rule. That's right,
1: that's right, yep, yep. He has ascended into heaven and given good gifts to men, yeah um um, and one of those one of these would be the 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 gifting of 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 elders who who yeah. shepherd God's people, and this is what this yeah. is what shepherds do is they is they they feed the sheep,
0: yeah, now one thing this is now this is an interesting dynamic i I could uh see someone asking like, well, what about for the minister who declares that?" what 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 about him and his sins can you talk to us a little bit about the really weird thing that even as the minister is leading the service we are at the same time receiving the means
1: absolutely absolutely yeah no i'm i am i am also i'm i am as i am ministering to people um the the comfort of the gospel i too in that process i'm i'm being comforted by it Uh, yeah it's it it is I, i am i am uh and i'm also um I, I, I listen. I believe this is true. Uh, let me, I say it, well. Yeah. I, I eat my own cooking, right? Yeah. And so, like, good, I'm, good. I'm, 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 you ever, you ever cook something for somebody? And this is just kind of like, I've been munching on this in the kitchen the entire yeah. time and I'm bringing it out to you. And I, I, as a minister, hopefully, uh, mm. I'm, I'm serving people something that I too am, am consuming. Amen. Um, and, and so, I, hopefully, i'm eating my own cooking i'm yeah. i'm ministering to people um and i'm being ministered to in the process of of i'm listen i'm as a as a i'm as a sinner who is standing before a group yes. of people it's an encouragement to me to 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 be with a room full of other sinners and and realize that the ground is level at the foot of the cross i heard a mm-hmm. i heard a testimony one time i think it was scott keith with 1517 said yeah. He heard from he heard from an unbeliever who visited a who visited a church service for the first time and didn't know what to expect and was expecting that when they went to this worship service that it would be a bunch of self-righteous people who think mm. that they have it all together, a bunch of self-righteous people who who really believe that they that they measure up. And what this unbeliever was so struck by was that when this group of Christians got together, the very first thing that this group of Christians did is this group of Christians confessed that they don't measure up, Mm -hmm. that they deserve hell that they that they do not keep God's commandments, that they are no better than the thief on the cross, that they are no better than the scoffing, mocking crowd. And um and this this unbeliever found that very compelling because it 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 turned over their yeah. understanding of what of what the church is as being a bunch of self righteous hypocrites.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I know so many times as and I know you've experienced this too as we preach and as we, you know, proclaim the assurance of pardon man we long for it like and we and we get excited about it as it's being proclaimed we're also sitting under it in a way too where we're receiving it and it's 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 a beautiful moment now what 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 is actually as it were happening when the assurance of pardon is being proclaimed to us um in some ways it can kind of remind us of when it's pronounced that uh someone is husband and wife uh you know Mm -hmm. it's not like you see stars appear and all you know what, what what's happening in that declarative moment uh
1: well i i would first thing i would i would happen is that is that we're giving we're giving water to thirsty people yeah, um, we're meeting people in their despair, your congregation is probably familiar with the old hymn before the throne of God above. And yes. it has this great line when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward. I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin mm. because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free for God. The just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. And and that's that right there, that verse is precisely what we're hoping so, to yeah. do is that is that people come into the Lord's Day gathering weary because they have sinned and Satan has Satan and the, the, the world, their flesh and the devil have have conv- have led them to despair. Because that's all that that's all that the 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 navel gazing will only will lead me to pride or despair, but it will never yes. lead me to a, an accurate v- v- picture of myself. And so I know that on Sunday morning, I don't know what everybody's week looked like, but I know that I know that they are weary sinners who need the hope of the gospel. Yeah. And so I'm, I I hope that I'm soothing consciences in a in a. In a biblical way that points yes. people to to trust in Christ.
0: Yeah, I've I've tried to tell our people before that when 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 they receive the assurance of pardon, uh, you know, to to know to you know to think to yourself, okay, when you leave here, bank on one thing: like when you leave here, no matter what's going to happen the rest of the day, rest of this week, you need to remember this. Kind of kind of like a marriage; you need to remember this has been declared and in christ this is my reality um and that that really is so key because we we suffer from spiritual amnesia yes that's right so easily now yeah is is maybe someone's new to this type of liturgy Mm. uh maybe maybe they're coming from a church where there is kind of like a 15 minute (laughs) kind of sermonette uh and but there's 45 minutes of singing Mm -hmm. this kind of feels like and i'm putting words into this caricatured person's mouth uh this kind of feels roman catholic what y'all do yeah Uh, i i have a uh i struggle
1: with with that you've heard you're saying that because you've you've heard it and it and and i'm bristling at it because i've heard it as well <laughs> yeah. um and i um i don't know you know i'm watching you on screen here drink a bottle of water you know who yeah. else drinks bottles of water al-qaeda yeah. <laughs> um, um right I like this it's, just, it's yeah. it is um um it's it's not a it, I understand why people say it because yeah. we've, we, we are convinced you, you can find that sort of pushback just with the word catechism Yeah, is yep. a catechism. And they'll say like, Oh, that's that's what Catholics do. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you know, so do Methodists. There's, there's a catechism for every single uh, Christian faith exactly. tradition. It's literally just a question and answer format yeah. for for anything, and and so the the corporate the question is not do roman catholics have a corporate confession of sin the question is is it biblical is the way they that we're it. doing it biblical um and um, and it, it does rome have a corporate confession of sin yeah is it the way we do it no uh not precisely but um but you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's the, the, they also sing in Roman Catholic churches and we sing, yeah. right. Yeah. The, 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 they pray, they have, but the, the, that's not the, that's not the right question to ask. The yeah. the question yeah. is, is, is a liturgical service biblical? And I contend that it is. And I'll say yeah. this, uh, to, to backtrack a bit, the, the 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 call to obedience, the call mm-hmm. the call to walk in a manner that's that that uh, is befitting a Christian is out of the backdrop of the forgiveness that we have. Yes. Look at the the gospel getting proclaimed throughout the first twelve chapters of Romans, and then yep. Paul says, "Therefore, in view of His mercies, present your bodies as living sacrifices." And so, uh, not present your bodies as living sacrifices and then maybe he'll be merciful no in view of his mercies present your body as a living sacrifice uh, obey yeah. because of because you have a new identity yeah. and, and listen um i, I don't want to i also think it's important that we say um we're i'm guilty wilson of believing the lie of the garden and here's what the lie of the garden was the lie our first parents believed was that obedience is misery is that is that yeah. the, the the serpent wanted eve to believe you can have the joy of what i'm inviting you into or you can stay within this sort of narrow fence that god has fenced you in yeah. but god doesn't really want you to be happy and that's why he's calling you to 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 to, to Keep yourself from these things. Yeah. That's a that is the that's the original lie. I think when you when you explain it that way, you you that that the original lie is believing that obedience to God will make me miserable, mm. which is what Eve was convinced of. God is, did God really say that? God doesn't really want you to be happy, he's holding out on you. If that's the original lie, that's still the lie that I believe every day that i still believe every single day that that and but the what we find in our weariness when we sin is that nothing in my life is better because of my sin. I don't have a single relationship that is healthier because of my sin. Mm. My relationship with my, with my workplace and my employer is not helped by sin. My family life is not better. My health is not better. Sin, sin is destructive and chaotic and it makes all things worse. Um, So we want to, we want to, place all that out there. And we also want to say, which is one of the ways you can say your sin is destroying you. It's destroying mm-hmm. your relationships. It's destroying, it's destroying your family and it's and it's soul destructive. Uh lay down your sin and run to Christ.
0: Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Well in the the freedom you have to you know when 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 you know that there is, you know, the sufficiency is totally in Christ, that really does such a spiritual work on your heart where you really do, as Paul will talk about in Galatians 5, you stand firm in that freedom and it propels you into, which is where he's gonna build in his argument, to the fruit of the Spirit. That's right. And into a community where actually, in light of the freeness of grace, you're gonna to seek to restore people and carry their burdens. It, it it does such a work in us where it promotes genuine holiness and godliness. And uh it's never that either or, it's always both and, but Amen. there isn't there is an order to it. Yeah. Um now now positively, why is this so important for us to do every week? You've been hitting on this a little yeah. bit already, but
1: yeah, well, the reason it's important for us to do every week is because is because um, we 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 sin every week. We we are we come we show up at church, uh, wearied by the world, our flesh, and the devil, um, and we we are. Uh, I need. Like, and this is a dated analogy, like a clock that has to be wound over and over again. Yeah. I, I, I need, I need the ministry of the gospel. I need the ministry of all the means of grace, right? I need that that God has given me. I need those, the way hungry people need food and thirsty yeah. people need drink, because I am strengthened and encouraged by those things, um, and they they are they are good food on my journey through life that 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 helped me that helped me um, move through the week so on the first day of the week god arraigns his people into his house on his day yeah and when we as god's people come into his courtroom in his house on his day called by him we we are we confess our sins and our unworthiness we receive the, the we receive the encouragement that on the cross christ has has paid the penalty that our sins deserve and that we are cleansed forgiven adopted redeemed reconciled mm. uh um all of the all of these words that 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 the new testament uses to describe our our status as believers um uh we sit under his preached word we hear we hear yeah. what what uh, we sit under his preached word and we all, we receive the the sacraments we receive we yeah. receive yeah. Um, and so I'll, I'll throw my, my two cents worth for why I think that weekly, on, communion, weekly communion is, is, uh, do you do, do weekly communion at your church? We
0: do. We do every other okay. week, uh, every but it's definitely week. been well, in history. So, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll,
1: uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my, 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 Come uh, on, man. Yeah. My, my sales pitch for it. Um, um, but most of the most of the evangelical world, Protestant world, is on a starvation diet when it comes to the Lord's table, um, and it, it's here's the thing that, and so if we talk to most of our Baptist friends, they would do it qu- quarterly, yeah. or less yeah. than that, yeah. And one of the things that we we sort of um, in a snarky way can be guilty of snickering at is your um your your southern baptist neighbor who their their teenage kid goes off to church camp they've already been baptized they got baptized when they were eight yep um but they go to church camp at 16 and by the time they get to 16 they've done some real sinning yeah and uh they feel like um not not just stealing from the cookie jar yeah and they hear Fortunately, they hear some some fiery gospel centered preaching that convicts mm-hmm. them of their sin and calls them to repent and trust Jesus. And they come home from church camp um, more convinced that they belong to Christ than ever. Yes, and they and they what do they do over and over again as a as a is they they get baptized again. Yes. And yes. In my in my presbyterian snarkiness, I would my first thing would be to say that's terrible. Don't do that. You've already been baptized. One <laughs> Lord, one faith, one yeah. baptism. Not yeah. one Lord, one faith, several baptisms.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And so I, I what I used to do is I used to like scoff at that. I used to say, "Oh gosh, that's so silly." What would does anybody get circumcised again in the Old Testament? Yeah. I, I bet they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, then what? But here's the thing: it is it is good and right that this young person who has come to yes. a, a refreshed yeah. understanding of their both their need for Christ and God's provision of Christ. It is understandable that they have this desire to engage in some sort of sacrament that, yes. that placards that, that encourages them in that. It's just the wrong sacrament. This, is, this is what Bingo. the Lord's table is for. The answer yes. is not go get baptized every time you have this sort of fresh realization that Jesus is enough, Yeah, that I'm a sinner, but Jesus is enough. The answer is, the answer when, when that happens is receive the the broken body and shed blood of Christ and and be encouraged that this is the meal that he's given you over and over and over yeah. again to participate in that mm. you may be that you may be fed um the message in a tactile way with yes. your tongue with your fingers and your tongue that the promises of God are true my my friend chad bird says yeah why did god give us bread and wine uh, I mean, he could have given us something else, right? He could have, you know, he could have said, dance the hokey pokey or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but why did he, why did he give us bread and wine? And Chad says, because every time we eat something, we're confessing that what I desperately need is outside of myself. Woo! That the thing that I most desperately need is something that I can't produce on my own. It has to come from outside oh, of me. Oh, so good. Yes. Me. So every Every act of eating, whether it's a Cheeto or filet mignon, and every drink, whether it's Dr. Pepper or cool, fresh water, is me outwardly confessing i don't have this and yeah. i need it in me and so god has given us that man. with he gave it he gave it in the old covenant with the passover meal he gave yeah. it he gives it in the new covenant with the lord's table because um that which i desperately need is outside of myself and i'm
0: called to take and eat man that right there that is so so good yes uh and th- and that that's essentially what, what really we could put the theme on this whole episode so far is so much of this is learning to look out of ourself. It is that Latin phrase extra nos and outside of ourselves. To, to, to look upon Christ and to fix our faith upon him because as uh you know Sinclair Ferguson's great book, uh, The Whole Christ is, you know, we find everything in him. These things are never. I, I like to compare it to uh, like at basketball games. Uh, sometimes they'll have like the t-shirt cannon, and mm-hmm. you know, they'll yeah, they'll fire up the t-shirts. To, yeah, up and yeah. And, and uh, I like to tell people, you know that that's not what justification and sanctification is. Where Jesus is up in heaven with like the salvation cannon, and he's like, "Who wants some justification?" You know, <laughs> it's like, "No, he he gives himself to you." It, it's these things are only there. As Paul says in Ephesians, they're in Him, and uh, and which which gets us out of ourselves and looking to Him, and I think that's that's beautiful um, truths there from well, what you're saying and from Chad as well. Now, it, it, this assurance of pardon is it adding to the work of Christ? No,
1: by no means. In fact, I, I would I would contend that. The failure to do it is is subtracting from the work of Christ because I would I would say the failure to do is to leave people is to leave yeah. people in their misery is to leave mm-hmm. people to um, pull themselves up by their own bootstraps what what I'm prone to believe in my sin like that clock that needs to be wound yeah. over and over what I'm prone to believe if <clears throat> if I'm if I separate myself from a balanced Christian diet uh, of yeah. uh, word and sacrament of fellowship is that I'm is that I'm saved by grace, but I'm kept saved by my own obedience. And Michael oh, Horton man. says, "Michael Horton says that's not grace; that's ninety days, same as cash. <laughs> <laughs> you, you yeah. know, I could go to Best Buy." Um, after we finish recording and there'd be these big signs right at right Christmas time, 90 days, same as cash. And we could take home a big screen TV and a washer and dryer, take them home. And in 90 days, if they don't get some money, they're going to come with a big blue truck and they're going to take them all away from us. Yeah. Cause it was like, we got them by grace, but we keep them by our own merits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what, what I can tend to do if I don't have the, confession of sin and assurance of pardon is i can think that the answer to white nu- is just i got a white knuckle my way through the christian life and just kind of keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise and 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 rather than being reminded that on the cross jesus has paid the penalty that my sins deserve yeah um and that and that 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 realization that understanding is. Is what, is what changes my heart, yeah. is that God uses the preaching of the gospel to change me. I need the regular preaching of the gospel. Yeah. So I, I think corporate confession and assurance of pardon is not adding to the gospel. It is the gospel. It's yeah. your sinner. Christ is enough. Confess that you're yeah. a sinner. Believe the gospel today as mm-hmm. you did as you did when you walked the aisle at a revival 20 years ago believe it today yes and uh, yeah. as the old as the old hymn says uh are you washed in the blood of the lamb or it says are you fully trusting in his grace this hour um and and that's that is precisely what we're calling people to do is fully trust in his grace this hour
0: yes yeah that is so so good it's rich yeah now you, you've been mentioning this a little bit too, but how have you seen maybe your church or other churches, how have you seen them grow in godliness through these regular rhythms of public confession and absolution?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've had people come and see come to one of our services from a from a Baptist or a charismatic background, and it's very different that we uh that we're having a corporate confession of sin and that we're having weekly Lord's supper. And, you know, the first time they're kind of like Peter saying, this is a hard teaching who can bear it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> well, are you yeah. going to leave? Well, no, I think you have the words <laughs> of life. Um, and, but what we have found is that, is that people are, what, what we've been encouraged that the Lord has been doing is that, is that, People are coming and they've been in a sort of programmatic view of the Christian life. They've been in um, sort of seminar Christianity, which is all the sermons are five tips to a healthy marriage, six keys to better behave kids, uh, uh, three steps to dealing with with negative thinking. And just all of this sort of um, I would say it's it's the it's the lineup for this week's Dr. Phil episodes with some (laughs) Bible verses. Yeah. Yeah. thrown in. And um that's the and then they go to the Christian bookstore and it's exactly the same thing. It's a Christian same diet thing. book and a Christian finance book and a Christian um uh um so on and so forth. So much so that you just look around and you go, do these Christians know how to do anything? Yeah. Um yeah. And so they 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 come here and they they hear entire books of the Bible preached through. They hear mm. the they just what they do is they actually go, I now know what corporate worship is for. I think yes. that when, I think that when our evangelical friends say things like, Hey, it doesn't really, you you know, they say these phrases that are, I, I know what they mean by them, but I don't think they're helpful when they say, um, going to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore than going to being in a car makes you a garage or going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Yeah. And, you know, at, at, um, that's really pithy, but it's not particularly helpful. Yes. Um, what, what, I think it, what I think it communicates is that going to church has little value. Um, yeah, that's they, exactly they actually just They actually just get to a place where they go, well, I actually think I'm a pretty good person. I don't need yep. to go to church. Yeah. Um. And or and you hear phrases like, "Hey, listen. It's not about how you. It's not about your Sunday. It's about your Monday through Saturday. How do you live your life the rest of the week?" And you have people go, "Well, I think I do pretty well. So I guess I don't need to come on." Yeah. Today. And so we 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 we. We, those those men um uh, when they do that they are they're painting themselves into a corner where they're devaluing the work that happens yes. the important work that's happening on the Lord's day and they're preaching themselves out of a job and they're painting themselves into a corner because they're because they're they're so worried about uh nominalism of just sort of showing yep. up at church and going through the motions yep. that they that they undervalue what's actually happening in the lord's day gathering when we gather together
0: oh yeah but I, i i think i think you're so spot on here is that we when does even in reform circles uh we can put such emphasis on what we're doing and once again where are we telling people to uh focus on ourselves and lots of people want to go to Revelation and they want to say, well, what about the lukewarm church? Okay, let's go there. Yeah. But what is Jesus targeting there? He's targeting their heart, not the actions in themselves. So right, we we, we don't, yeah, I, I think when people are wanting to make sure they don't have a lukewarm congregation or whatever it is, and while that's a good concern, the problem is they only talk about the actions mm-hmm. and the action of going to church being in worship regularly is that's actually what every mature christian would would do so don't look down yeah. upon that
1: right right that's exactly right is 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 um is is it possible to show up at church uh, at a liturgical church and uh, and just sort of go through the motions? Sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is the answer then we ought not have any repetitive motions? By no means, right? I mean the the this is yeah. what you yeah. um, the the. When when the topic of regular weekly communion, when a when a session is introducing to their church, hey, we're gonna go to weekly communion, they yeah. will the congregation sometimes will say, Well, I don't want it to lose its specialness. Mm. And I and you know, sometimes the answer is well, there's a few different answers. One is, well, does corporate worship get lose its specialness? Does singing, <laughs> does fellowship that's good, does that's prayer? Good. Um, no. Uh, they are special, and so we do them with frequency. You yeah. would never say to your wife, we're going to only uh, uh, kiss yeah. quarterly yeah. because I don't yeah. want our kissing to lose
0: its specialness.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. you, your your spouse would say, well, no, it is special, and therefore we should do it often. Yeah. Um, yeah, And so now, does that mean, therefore, that because I just gave a whole bunch of good reasons why it is special. Does that mean that it's impossible for it to lose its specialness? No, it can, it yeah. can. And all of our preaching and all of our, all of our, uh, our, our, our uh, administration of the sacraments should always be speaking to that, should call yeah. people to wholehearted engagement uh, and, and trusting that the spirit is, is, is is active in the, in the process of all of that. Yeah.
0: Now, I, I think one thing in the, uh, this is a helpful question. Lots of times we and our people they come to worship and they go through the confession of sin, assurance of pardon, but I'm still struggling to believe that I really am forgiven. What what role then is there for going to visit with my pastor one-on-one for for this? Yeah, yeah, um I would I would
1: point to a few things one is I would um it is not the the, the, the sort of the volume or the intensity uh, of my faith it is the object of my faith yeah um, so uh Keller has this illustration. I believe it's Keller. Of uh, Imagine you're being chased by a bear through the woods and you come to the edge of a cliff and you're going to have to jump. And there's a couple branches on this cliff facing. I'm going to jump and grab a hold of one of these two branches. One of them is strong enough to hold my weight. And the other one is dry. And the moment I, I grab onto it, it's going to break and I'm going to fall into the ravine. Um, does the Does the amount of faith I have as I jump have any bearing on it whatsoever? It doesn't. I can with all the all the bravado of an action hero and and grab the wrong branch and I die. And I can with much fear and trembling jump and and grab the right branch. And so the first thing I would say is, is I would want to I would want to unpack in conversation with this brother. what the nature of that struggle is it are they are they believing that there's this intensity that it's just not there yeah and and if that's it then i would want to pull them out of that that's ultimately still navel gazing that's faith in faith itself not Mm -hmm. in the object um and and so um i would and then i would i would so I would, I would continue preaching the gospel to them. I would pre- continue yeah. preaching the gospel to them and pr- continue calling them to rest with Christ and, and, and call them to, to um, and believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ and that God yeah. creates faith in the hearts of His people as the gospel is proclaimed. And um, if you're struggling to believe that you're forgiven, then confess that as well, because yeah. unbelief is a sin unbelief is also a sin so yeah. add that on the list and confess that and ask god to help my unbelief lord i believe help my unbelief mm. um that's that's i suppose what i would start yeah. with and that's as generic as i could be without talking to that that
0: person yeah 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 because yeah. there's just a myriad of different situations so yeah well man scott this is uh oh my goodness this is just so incredibly helpful uh, thank you so much for this. I, I can only imagine this will be requested uh, for a part two in, in, in awesome. some you. different way. So, uh, But this has just been so not only informative, but, but shaping and nourishing. And uh, I think it will certainly give all of us a greater anticipation for uh, corporate worship and the means of grace. So, thank you for joining us on the Gospel Gazing podcast. And uh, if y'all ever find yourselves in Hot Springs, Arkansas, go visit Scott. And uh, be prepared to to move here.
1: here. Be prepared to move here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what he's
0: going to say now.
1: Yes, I will.